T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You are listening to Zero Pucks Given, our hockey podcast here from Sports Radio WEI. And I am so happy to welcome in uh, former Boston Bruins star, Mark Savard, who uh, recently joined us on the radio program, but we get a little more long-form opportunity to talk. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's, let's start with the Bruins and the playoffs. Uh, if I told you that the highest-scoring team in the Stanley Cup playoffs is the Boston Bruins, your first reaction would be what? I would have believed it. Uh, you know, watching them this season, watching what uh, Bruce has been able to do with this team behind the bench, um, you know, it's not surprising to me. They have a lot of um, offensive juggernauts, and, and, and not only up front, but on the back end. So it, it wouldn't have surprised me had you said that. You know, it's funny. Uh, Brad Marchand, he gets such contrasting reactions from people. I mean, I think he is right now one of the five best forwards in the National Hockey League. And yet, because of his reputation, and he's earned it, he deserves it, uh, so many fans out of market just can't stand the earth that he walks on. When you saw Marchand early on in his career, did you see this possible, th- this kind of offensive output as being a possibility? I, I knew, you know, the, the, the sky was the ceiling for this guy. He, he was going to get better and better. I, I'd be lying if I would, uh, I'd be totally agree with you that he is the top five forward in the National Hockey League, and I think any coach would love to have him on his team maybe ahead of that top five order because of what he brings to the table every night. He is just a, an incredible hockey player, and yeah, he, he goes under the radar, gets a bit of um, you know earned uh, disrespect, I think, for some people, but at the end of the day, what he does on the ice, you can't get that anywhere. Is he a dirty player? I I mean, he's, he's not a so-called dirty player. I, I, I think he... He gets so caught up in the game, and his reactions are, are, are at a high pace and a high tempo. He, it's just what he's the way he's played hockey his whole life. He doesn't know any better, and that's just Brad Marchand. And I think as a coach, you know, you want to control him a bit, but you can't. You got to let his emotion come out. That's when he's at his best. So, I think, uh, you know, I. He's, he plays on the border, that's for sure. I'm not going to say he's dirty, but he's on the borderline, that's for sure. He recently wrote in Players Tribune that he wasn't the best player on his peewee team, so the chances of being in the National Hockey League seem pretty slim. But he also said if he didn't play the way he plays, you wouldn't know his name because he wouldn't be in the NHL. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, he had to make a statement, and his, the way he was doing is, is is being, I guess they would use the term rat, and... He would do that and get under people's skin and at the same time be able to burn you with the skills that he has. So I think, yeah, all those intangibles make, make Brad Marchand the player that he is. He also made the point that he wouldn't be the player that he was today without Patrice Bergeron. And I don't know why Claude Julien stuck them together back in the day, but it was a real smart move and they've been attached at the hip ever since. There's no doubt in my mind Marchand couldn't do what he does without being on a line with Bergeron. Yeah, I mean, this, that dynamic duo, we can, we can feel free to call it that. That's what it's been ever since those two have been together. They, they really uh, carry this team at times, and you know, we're not gonna, I'm not leaving out Pasternak, but that's where it all started from was, 
was these two guys, and they won their first cup. Mainly, a main reason was because of those two guys, and they've continued to to blossom together. and And a nice thing that's come of this too is Patrice's numbers offensively have gotten better, and that's due to Brad uh, to Marshy as well. So and Pasta. So, I mean, there's a lot of bonuses uh, on both sides of the table. But they, they are a dynamic duo, that's for sure. Well, you mentioned David Pasternak. And, and look, there have been some very talented players go through this organization, offensively talented players, over the last number of years. And some didn't stick here, guys like Phil Kessel and Tyler Sagan. I honestly think David Pasternak is the most gifted offensive player of that entire group. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at them, they're, they're, uh, they're all great players, let's be honest. They, uh, you know, pass to being the youngest of them all, but... I mean, he's in good company with Sags and, and Kess, and, and uh, you know, the list goes on. There was a lot of great young players here in Boston, but I, I would have to agree. This, this kid's future is as bright as anybody's, and uh, he'll probably, you know, surpass those numbers if this line can stay together and stay healthy, uh, knock on wood. We all know the stories about Sagan and why they ultimately had to, to wheel him out of here. In that regard, it also seems as though Pasternak is just more mature perhaps, than some of those other guys were. And, and look, he's still only 21 years old. Yeah, he does, you know, and he's learned a lot along the way, you know, coming, coming from where he has. He's, he seems like he's got a strong personality. Um, he doesn't get bent out of shape. He's that easygoing type of guy um, and really seems to care, you know, and, and it's nice to see from a player that age. And he will only mature. And then again, you talked about Marshy and uh, how Burgie's helped him out, and I'm sure Burgie's helped pass out as well. So, uh, a lot of credit goes to Bergey for that, and uh, I, like I said, if this line can stay together for who knows how many years, they're, they're going to be a force to reckon with for, for a long, long time. The big thing about Pasternak for me, Mark, is is his imagination. He 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 seems to think of doing things that I, I think normal players on the ice wouldn't even think of, let alone try. Yeah, I mean, and, and he doesn't get enough credit for his passing. I mean, he is a great passer, um, but he can shoot the puck, but he does try some things, putting us through his legs, and he seems to, to pull it off. He's a very talented, talented player. Um, he's fun to watch. He was definitely one of my high picks in my playoff pools this year, and it's paid really well div- good dividends as I'm leading both of them. So, um, yeah, the sky's the limit. I know it's a cliche, but this, this kid, you know, he'll score 50 one of his years for sure, and, and I don't think that's happened in Boston in a long time. You know, you go back to Game 7 of the Toronto series, and poor Jake Gardner gets a minus 5 stuck next to his name. And then you go to Game 1 of this uh, Tampa Bay series, and, and you've got the, the center on the checking line for the Tampa Bay Lightning gets a minus 5 stuck beside his name. It's almost demoralizing to play against this line sometimes, that the Bruins, when they have it going the way they do, it almost demoralizes opponents. It really does. I mean, they just keep attacking. It seems like they have the puck the whole game, and I don't know which, who has a good answer to shut this line down. I know it seemed that it seemed that uh, Freddie Anderson had their number for a couple games, but obviously we've seen you just can't hang on. They just keep coming, and even even those games where Freddie played well uh, for, for the Leafs, uh, he was getting uh, some luck from his friends, uh, his two neighbors, the posts, a lot of the night. But I just I I see. Uh, you know, these guys just, just not stopping. I see them, you know, continuing to roll. I know Tampa's a good opponent, and I know they have some great players on the other side, but when you get confident like this, and I've been in this situation before where you get confident as an offensive player and you, and, and you just continue to roll, continue to, 
to know that it's going to go in the net no matter you know what you do. You just got to put the work in and put the time in, and uh, you're going to get results. And I think that's the big word. You get a lot of great players, but the key thing for me is are they getting results? Austin Matthews in the first round, great player. Ah, he played okay, but he didn't get results, so that's not good enough. So these guys are getting results and well-earned. Mark, I had the chance the other day to talk to Louis DeBrusque, who's obviously watching his son Jake with a lot of pride, as he should be. And, and I asked him about the game-winning goal against Toronto and what he liked the most, and he said what he, what he liked the most is the way Jake took the puck to the net strong. Old-time Bruins fans will remember, you know, that's the way a guy like Cam Neely played, and I'm not trying to equate those two. I'm just saying... Take the puck, go to the dirty area, pay the price, take the hit, but make the goal. And Louis said that was the thing that made him the most proud. Yeah, and, and I'm not even his dad, and that made me proud. To see a kid like that in that, in that instance in, in a Game 7, at that time of the game, drive the net the way he did, and probably one of the better plays that Gardner did make in the game. I thought he played that great, uh, kept him to the outside, and I think Freddie Anderson wishes he had that one back. You know, I know we say that, again, cliche, but... Uh, it was right along the grass, and, and he should have had it. But the way he drove the net, you know, no fear, and a kid of that age. I mean, there's another another uh, Bruin that's going to have a lot to say, and and for a long time, I think. I almost wonder what John Cooper is going to do in tonight's game too. I, I guess he'd almost be tempted to stick number one line against number one line, but the Bruins' top line, for all their offensive skills, is so good defensively. I would guess that Butch Cassidy would be fine with that matchup. And and that's what I loved about Butch. It just seems that no, he's not into the matchups. He's worried about his team. And I and I, I think you're right. I think that uh, Cooper's got to make a call here, and it's going to be a tough one. Does he does he does he stick with the guy with those minus five the other night, or does he does he try to roll the Stamkos line up against Bergeron? And I, I think he'd go with the latter. I think he'd be putting Stamkos. But again, like you said, I think I think Butch is fine with that uh, matchup all day long. Um, and and that's great. That shows confidence in your in your top line. It shows confidence in your players, and and it's going to be a great hockey game. I'm excited to watch it. Thing that shocked me as I watched it, and and you know John Cooper's got last change. They're in Tampa, but how often the Bruins had Zdeno Chara out against Steven Stamkos five on five? They were matched up most of the night, and Tampa didn't do anything to get him away from them. Yeah, and there's some confidence shown by Cooper as well. You know and. I know as a former player playing against top defensemen, it, that's going to happen. There's nothing to avoid. And, and I know you're, on, um, you're at home, so you can make those changes. But like I said, you want that confidence from your coach to go out, play against them. Yeah, there might be times in the game where you can move away from them, but you don't want to take your, your so-called top line out of rhythm. And that's a big thing. And I felt that's what happened to Matthews in the first series. Babcock was really focused on matchups and maybe took him out of rhythm a bit. So... I think he's just letting these guys play and let the chips fall where they do. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't, they didn't fall in Tampa's favor in Game 1. You were a, uh, an immensely skilled offensive player in the NHL. If you were going into a playoff matchup tonight and you knew you were going to be on the ice going against Zdeno Chara, how would you attack that? <laughs> big Z, yeah. Well, I mean, the big thing about Z is, is and, and you can't, you can't come down his wing and cut him in the slot and get shots off. So your only real opportunity is to try and beat him wide with speed, chip it down the walls, get him to turn and go back. But, I mean, he's such a great hockey player. And with the addition of McAvoy on the other side, it's almost, 
you know, giving him another five years because he's able to go back, push pucks over to McAvoy, and McAvoy's able to wheel him out of the zone. So it's, it's just been a great tandem. But any guy, if you watch, never has success against the Dano Chero cutting to the middle. And, and, again, I hate to go back to Austin Matthews, but that was one of his big plays that he got. He was very successful with this year, watching a lot of Leaf games here up in the Peterborough, Toronto area. Cutting to the middle, letting that wrister go, that quick wrister, and Z just shut him down with that poke check. And so I think the only success you're going to have against Chera is trying to take him to the wide lane, keep getting pucks behind him. But like I said, they're, they're, they're a great tandem, and they're a tough group to play against. You know, as I've been watching you know, the Bruins all season long, the thing that's jumped out at me is the development of young talent. They've had a lot of young guys play this year and play at a high level, Heinen and DeBrusque and McAvoy and others. And the confidence Cassidy has had in going with those guys in tough situations. You were here when Claude Julian was here as well. He got, in my opinion, a bad rap of not being willing to use young players, and yet young players like Brad Marchand and others developed at a high level under him. Yeah, Claude does get a bad rap, but yeah, he he did bring a lot of long, uh, young players along. Uh, you know, let's be honest, he he had a he had a big hand in getting Bergie to where he is, Marchand, you know, the loot chicks, and and uh, even probably helped Z a lot. So, but but going back to your first part of that question, I think the biggest blessing in disguise in this whole season was the injuries early in the season, enabling these young guys to play in top six roles which they wouldn't have had an opportunity to do, you know, when everybody was healthy. So that's paid off. Guys have slotted back into their proper position, and this team's just taken off, and they're, they're going to be tough to beat, you know. And, and I've, had, I've had them penciled in the finals against the Jets. I wouldn't, there wouldn't be a better final to watch, I don't think, if those two teams could collide. But right now they've got a big task on their hand, and if they could, they could put a game in tonight, and have one of their best efforts of the playoffs. And I know it's asking a lot because they've had some great efforts and win this hockey game tonight. Uh, you know, it's going to look good going forward. Do you trust Tuka Rask, Mark? I do trust Tuka. I know he's uh, had some disappointments in, in some big games. But what really stood out to me was that game the other night. That could have went the other way on Tuka. He showed a maturity that I don't know if we've seen from him, and I think it helped his teammates out um, when he when he lost his cool there. In a, in a tight hockey game, uh, I'm yelling at the TV saying that's no goal. If I'm the ref, I'm blowing that because Tuca did get his attention. I even stopped it, rewinded it, paused it. The ref does look at Tuca and almost want to blow it, you know, but he doesn't. And I think Tuca maybe, you know, he's not thinking because it's such a fast game that maybe he would have threw his helmet off if you asked him again in another situation. But to me, the way he kept his cool, was able to come back in that game and play a great game, make some big saves really put some confidence in his teammates, in him, which I think they needed. But I do believe in Tuca, and he's such an emotional guy, as we both know. Most goalies are really calm. He wears his heart on his sleeve, so that's a different thing for a goalie. But moving forward, I think he's learned how to stay calm, and that was a great situation for him to be put in and against that Tampa game. Yeah, it was funny because going into the playoffs, the Toronto matchup worried me much more than this matchup did. Uh, Tuca had not played especially well against the Leafs all season long. He has played very well against the Lightning all season long. What was your thoughts on the matchups, first against the Leafs and now against the Lightning? Yeah, I, I really like the matchup against the Leafs, you know, and, and they give the Leafs credit for not giving up and, and pushing that to seven. Uh, I thought the Bruins would have maybe a little bit of an easier time with them. Uh, and then playing against Tampa, you know, Tampa has a high strike strike offense like we've seen, but 
um, they do trade chances a lot. And if you're going to trade chances with the Bruins, um, you're going to pay because they have a lot of guys that can finish, as we've seen. So I, I like both matchups for the Bruins. Um, and, and I think moving forward, they, they, they really got to, they really got to play well defensively. But the best defense is a good offense, and I think that's what they're proving in the first two series. I asked you earlier if you trusted Tuca. Imagine yourself on the other team now. Do you trust Vasilevsky? Well, there are some good questions because, you know, he started out of the gate, uh, you know, on fire, and then he kind of ran into a wall towards the end of the season. I don't know, maybe he was a little tired. But, yeah, you know, those questions creep in. And, and when, when you're not trusting your goalie so much, you try and do other things that take you away. You try and block a shot. You're in a position where you wouldn't be. You cheat a little bit more low towards your goalie, and you miss a pass on a breakout. So there's all kinds of things that play into it. So I think they still have their goalies back right now, and they trust in them too. But it'll be interesting. Tonight's going to be a big uh, turning. could be a big turning point in this series if the Bruins could, could get on them early. What's it like in a dressing room if you don't trust your goalie? Well, like I just said, it, it, it's really tough. It's uh, You're not only worrying about you, what your job is, which you should only be worrying about. Now you're worrying about another guy. And to, to do that, like I said, it's going to take you out of position. It's going to make you make plays that you might not have made because you got another thing on your mind. So it's not a great situation for anybody, and it's, it's not beneficial because, you, like I said, you get away from doing the things that you do well to maybe try and help do something else to help another guy out. We've talked about this in the past, and, and unfortunately you're in a better position to discuss this stuff than anybody else I can think of. I assume you watched Pittsburgh and the Capitals last night. Did you think Tom Wilson should have been suspended? They weren't they aren't even giving him a hearing today. Yeah, I just think, you know, you got to stay status quo with these things, and the NHL player safety, i, I got to give Perils credit. He's done a great job. Um, he's really showing that a hit to the head, you're going to get penalized, so... It's kind of out of the realm for him not to continue what he's been doing. But if you watch the play closely, it's not as bad as most of them have been. But, you know, I look at Kane's cross-check to the head. Uh, I look at Morrissey's, you know, ones that come up with the shoulder and get the guy in the neck. So um, it's kind of a gray area again. I don't know where they're headed, but it seems like anything to the head will be called. But right now, uh, I mean, did he get away with one? Maybe because... I think everybody thought what's been going on, he would get one. So maybe they they dodged a little bullet here. So we'll see what happens going forward again. Given your history, I just assumed you'd be one of those people who would advocate headshot, no questions asked, you got to sit. Yeah, and, and, and that's what I said even today before I went in the show. I said that, you know, I think he's going to get a game. And then uh, it didn't happen. And for, for whatever reason, they have their reasons. I'm exci- I'd like to hear them because everything they've, They've said, you know, to the head they're going to call, and to take a step back doesn't seem like they're in the, staying in the same di- right direction. So we'll see, and and hopefully, you know, they, they stay cracking down on it because I think they've done a great job. They make great steps, and uh, we'll see what happens going uh, again moving into the next couple games. See, I really and I, I agree with your comment. I thought they got it exactly right with the Evander Kane cross check. That's the sort of thing you don't want or don't need in the game. Yeah, exactly, and and I think that that's what the the message has been to the players. Anything to the head, whether it's accidental or not, it's going to be called. So that's why this Wilson thing's a little, like I said, out of the realm. So hopefully, with the Kane situation, the Morrissey situation, you know, even the Doughty a little bit questionable. He did get this the shoulder to the to the head. So I think there's 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 going to stay on it, and I like where it's headed. Um, unfortunately, like I said, this Wilson one went a little under the radar. 
but I think they're going to keep cracking down on it, and I think that that's where the game needs to continue to go. I assume you agreed with the uh, with the Nazem Kadri suspension? Oh, yeah. I had said two games initially, three, that's fine with me. Uh, the, the biggest thing there is it, it seemed like an attempt to injure, and that's not only going for the head, but he really had... Um, you know, taking taking Wingles right out of the right out of the series there. It looked like so. I agree with that one, and and I think it was a good call by the league. Do you think that they should ever take into consideration how badly a guy is hurt when they when they decide on punishment, or should that almost not even matter when they decide what the punishment should be? I really don't think it should matter. You know, a headshot's a headshot, or, or however you injure a person, you injure that person, and I think it'd be too tough to call unless you said like as long as this guy's out you can't come back but then there you know who would bend the rules maybe a guy that's injured you know you're playing that team so you sit him out another couple games so uh that's a touchy area but i think definitely you know we can stay away from that just give the guy the, the due amount of time that he deserves for what for the actions that he's done i'd have been fine with that with that way of operating in the matt cook situation with you <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh that's a touchy one and uh, you know it's unfortunate that nothing came of it besides, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, there is something that came of it, you know, the, a new rule, and, and it's helping a lot of, uh, you know, players, who knows what, who, how, many, how many more would have gone through what I've gone through, but fortunately, like you said, the league's done a great job, and, I, and I'm, I'm proud of the, the NHL on that aspect. How long did it take before you thought you felt right? Oh, you know, two to three years, you know, a really, uh, really tough, tough time, and, you know, I started you know, come out of my shell a bit after that, but I had a great family around me, my wife, my kids, uh, Dr. Duran out of, out, of, out of Boston. You know, the, the whole the whole Boston organization was really great with me, starting from Peter Shirelli right right down to, you know, Donnie Del Negro and the training staff. They, they were phenomenal with me, um, Dr. Asnes. Uh, I can't say enough good things about them. They really helped me get to where I'm at today, feeling the best I've ever felt, and that's why you're... You're seeing more of me because I want to give back to, to, to the game that's given me everything that I have today. They had that great rule, too, right? Didn't you have to fly in here at the beginning of every season to be told you couldn't play and then you could go home again? Yeah, that was uh, probably the most uh, irritating thing after all this was uh, doing that every year. I'd fly in at the beginning of the year, uh, and then I'd fly in at the end of the year. And, uh, and, and then even when I got dealt, I had to go to new places and fly in and do that checking in stuff. So that was a bit of a pain, but... Um, you know, it's unfortunate that's, that's the way it ended. You talked about giving back. Tell me about Project 91. Yeah, really enjoying this Project 91. Uh, really want to speed up concussion research any way I can help. Uh, it started as a small thing, doing some tape jobs, taping twigs. I'm, I'm really obsessed with my tape, my sticks and stuff like that. So it started there, and then my, uh, my, young, my oldest son said, you know, we can do a YouTube channel of this, Dad, we can make millions. And then it was funny, I let him take over that, and that's, expanded into Project 91 and given back to some money to some concussion research. So if you go on project91.ca, you know, we got some hoodies, some hats, and, and uh, we're going to keep expanding that because it's doing really well. And uh, like I said, any way I can give back to the game that's given me anything, everything that I have today, I want to be able to do so. And uh, I'm just really enjoying life right now. I knew you as a player here. I didn't realize until your YouTube channel how obsessive you were about taping your sticks. Yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty special. My, uh, we, me and my wife, like right after, like as soon as she starts filming the thing, I just turn into a different person, and it's <laughs> it's quite comical. We have some good laughs. So I think me and her are enjoying it the most out of anybody, which is probably the best part to me. You know, to be able to do something with your wife and just have a great time and have some laughs. I just I get so intense and 
and I hear a lot of great feedback that people can't get enough of it because just the way that I turn into this tape tape all I can and just keep keep enjoying what I'm doing. So it's something that I'm I'm really loving, having a great time with, and that's on my YouTube channel at you know msavvy91, and then I have my Instagram account at msavvy9191, and then and also Twitter msavvy91. So. If anybody goes through any of those, they can find it, and it's just it's been a lot of fun. All right, the winner of this Bruins Tampa series plays the winner of Pittsburgh Washington. Who do you think that'll be? Um, I'm I'm really, I, I, and I love what the what Pittsburgh's done. I like Cass. I'm still friends with Cass, and and I'd love to see him win three cups. But I'm really pulling for Washington in this one. It's just something that this team has nowhere else to go. And and, and if they lose another one, you know, I I just don't know what you do with that franchise. It just seems like. Their tires will be spinning. So I've been pulling for Washington and, and Ovi. I met him at a couple All Star games. Really great character. I really like to see them move forward, and I'd love to see a Boston uh, Washington series. Do you like the the playoff setup where you've got the top two teams in the East, Tampa Bay and Boston, playing against each other, and the top two teams in the West, Nashville and Winnipeg, playing each other, but in the second round? Yeah, I don't love it. I've been saying that. Uh, that I'd love to see it go back to one day eight. Uh, you know, we, we've got our, our matchups. We, you know, we're trying to create rivalries. But, you know, we're, we're, we're taking a lot of the excitement in the early rounds now and maybe taking some steam out of the latter rounds. So it, it would be nicer to have maybe, a, you, know, a, you know, a Winnipeg Nashville final or a Boston, you know, a Montreal someday. You know, it, you know, put the top 16 teams all together, and, and I think you go that format, even if it's, you know, travel would be a little bit more exhausting. But I think it would make for... for for you know, getting rewarded a little more for the great season you have. Like I feel like the Leafs, and I am a Leafs fan too at heart. You know, when I'm not cheering for Boston, I, I feel like they had a great season, but they run into a juggernaut in the first round and they're out. And now everybody here in Toronto is saying they had an awful season. So it's not fair. It's not. It's not good justice. And even you know the Bruins are moving into the second round now, playing a great team like Tampa. And if they don't move on, you know. You know, Don Sweeney will get some slack for, like, oh, this was supposed to be an NHL team. But they played a great team in the second round. So I'd like to see it switch back to another format, that's for sure. Speaking of Toronto, i got to ask you, I worked for Lou Lamorello when I was in the Devils organization. Were you as shocked as I was when Brendan Shanahan announced today that Lou will not be returning as the GM? I was and I wasn't. I, I think the reason I wasn't is that he has two great disciples, you know, below him, Mark Hunter and, and uh, Kyle Dubas. And I think the, the Leafs are maybe a little worried about losing one of those guys this year. So the best way to do that is to give one an opportunity. And they've learned under one of the best. Lou's been phenomenal. Uh, his track record speaks for himself. He brought a lot of, you know, accountability and a lot of respect back to that organization that seemed to be, you know, kind of off the rails. So I think he's done his job. I don't think Lou's going to sit behind the scenes, though, and, and take take on the next four years as uh, whatever their tag was for him. Senior advisor. Senior advisor. I think you'll see him move back in the limelight, uh, maybe. And, and we're hearing a lot of rumors out of the island, maybe helping his son out up there. So we'll see. But I think it's it's time because you want to give one of these other great uh, minds an opportunity. All right. Before we let you go, uh, let's talk. Uh, let's wrap it up here, talking about the end of this Bruins Tampa series. Bruins have reseized home ice advantage now after their game one win. How do you see this thing playing out? Six or seven? Well, if if if. Uh... If they can win tonight, um, I, I'm going to you know, make an, uh, a, a prediction. I'm going to say five games, but if they lose tonight, I think seven is the, is the way. So I see if that's what I kind of called before the series, five or seven, depending on how it went in Tampa. 
So tonight will be a huge game, like I said, and I and I think the Bruins know that, and I think they're going to put their best foot forward, but they're playing a good hockey team over there. It ain't going to be as easy as it was the other night. Can I just tell you, uh, from, on a personal level, uh, how many Bruins fans I hear from who are so excited that they are hearing from you again uh, here in the Boston area, hearing your voice, hearing interviews, seeing you on social media. Bruins fans are very excited to see you back around again. Yeah, and, and I really appreciate them during my downtime. You know, I got a lot of good well wishes, and they stayed with me, and and uh, it was always my plan to, to get back and give back at some point when I felt comfortable again, and, and, and I really appreciate the opportunity I'm getting with Sportsnet right now and, you know, and talking to you guys and, and sharing back with the fans that, you know, really at the end of the day, there are the people that make it happen. Everybody that comes and buys that little ticket every night and, uh, you know, was able to, to help me lead a great life and, and all the other players. So they're the people that we should be giving back to, and that's what I'm trying to do now. And like I said, I love the city of Boston. It's a, it really is my home away from home. If, uh, if I was to move tomorrow and, and, and set up shop for a full-time home, I'd be coming back to Boston. I really enjoyed my time there, the people, you know, the organization and the city, and um, I can't say enough good things about everybody. Well, it's fun reconnecting with you, and uh, I have a feeling that the, the longer this Bruins run lasts, the more I'll be reaching out to get in touch with you again. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes here this morning. Yeah, great talk, and uh, anytime, Dale, anytime you need me, just give me a buzz. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Red River is a technology transformation company, reimagining the possibilities of technology, enabling organizations to transform beyond the expected. From the cloud and big data to mobility and cybersecurity, Red River can meet your business objectives. With over 20 years' experience, Red River has built a tremendous reputation serving commercial, civilian, defense, intelligence, healthcare, and sled markets by sticking to their company credo. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Visit redriver.com to learn more. Before the ice freezes and the ref drops the puck, make the wise choice at your local grocer's aisle this hockey season and pick up your favorite Wise Snacks products. Made with high-quality ingredients packed with delicious flavor, Wise Snacks is that clutch score for your taste buds. Let's go, hockey fans. Hop over the boards and get your feet moving. Go top shelf this season and pick up your favorite tasting Wise Snacks products as your team continues its quest towards the cup. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.